0: called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on On the the air air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, good for
1: him. Good for Donald Trump. Hey, this backfired big time. The FBI, the DOJ, oh, they screwed up big time. They made Trump more powerful than ever before. Uh, The collective kind of opinion here. From I mean, really, the smart set. I'm talking Wall Street Journal, Michael Goodwin, those guys. Trump is a shoo-in in 2024 because of this. Now, I know things can change, and it's going to be complicated, and there are going to be ups and downs, but right now, the uh, raid looks like on Mar-a-Lago Mar- to have been a huge boon for Trump. Uh, people are coming to his defense who uh, actually even had no interest in, uh, in Donald Trump, who were turned off, but they're turned off more. By government overreach, I'm told that actually the money has been pouring in uh, to Team Trump, you know. And I even had that feeling myself the other day walking home. I get emails all the time asking for money. Do you get it? You, you If you follow him on Twitter, you probably, or if you did follow him on Twitter, they probably have your email address. I get about 75 messages a day, uh, people trying to get money from me, especially, quite frankly, the Trump uh, team, and that's fine. I'm not supposed to give money, but... Uh the other day I felt very differently about things, very very differently. I felt like this physical compulsion to give money to that group, to those guys, to Trump, the team, the pack, whatever. Uh because this is this is horrendous. This is over the top. I'm not saying I did or I didn't, all right? I'm just saying I felt, oh yeah. Look, I'm all in with Trump, all right? You've heard it before. I like his policies, I like his style, all that stuff. I don't necessarily like writing checks for political campaigns. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's not generally what I do. But the other day, when all this was coming down, I just glanced at my email, and there there it was, solicitations, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of them like never before, are responding. This is one way you can help. You know, people say, uh, how, how can I help? The lady called from Brooklyn. Very nice. She wanted to volunteer. All right, that's beautiful. But really, the, she wanted to volunteer for Lee Zeldin, and that's nice. But I think what they need more than volunteers is cash, all right? They need money. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's that's kind of how it goes. And if you want to help somebody, if you want to help a cause, the best way to do that is to give money. So Donald Trump did not answer the crazy questions of the crazy Letitia James, the state attorney general. You know, they're suing Trump, and they uh, wanted to depose him today. He went over there. He went to the headquarters, which I think is on 3rd Avenue. Letitia James, boy, oh, boy, what an airhead. State Attorney General uh, has no business. I can't even believe she's a lawyer, quite frankly. Uh dumb as they come and overly dramatic. Remember that? Andrew Cuomo harassed women. Remember that? That was her report. Anyway, um uh, oh, Cuomo is actually coming to Trump's defense. He said, If this raid if this raid was just about the boxes, they're in big trouble. He doesn't like this any more than uh well. He's kind of free to say whatever he wants now, but uh, this was bad. This was so bad. So Trump is not cooperating with the attorney general, as is, oh, by the way, his constitutional right. You know, uh, some guy wrote this in the paper today. Uh, You know, nobody's above the law, but nobody's beneath it either. And the way the Justice Department, the FBI, and the state attorney general's office, and the district attorney of Manhattan, uh, thats Cyrus Vance, not Alvin Bragg, curiously enough. Alan Bragg, uh I'll I'll give him this. He's <laughs> he doesn't want to prosecute anybody. He doesn't want to prosecute murderers, robbers and uh he doesn't want to prosecute President Trump who's not a murderer, not a robber, didn't even do anything wrong, but they showed him the evidence. He's like, "You guys don't have a case here. Get out of here. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Stop harassing that guy. I don't like him, but oh well. What are you going to do? Try beating him in the election. Don't try to criminal. You know, there's a guy named Chris Dodd, a Democrat of Connecticut, and he said once, you know, in America, at one point we had our differences. Okay, then we we politicized those differences, and now we've criminalized those differences. That's what they've done. They have uh, if you if you are at odds with us, lawyer up because you could be in big big trouble. So good for Donald Trump for not. And Letitia James, you've seen the videos. I posted one on Twitter just a little while ago at Greg Kelly USA. It's um like. Ten minutes clips over the campaign of Letitia James, who I think got in there four years ago. Yeah, she's up for reelection now. I'm going to have her Republican opponent on the Newsmax show tonight, Michael Henry. Um, but all it, she's running around saying, "We're going to get Trump's ass. We're going to. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to nail him." You can't say that. You haven't seen the evidence. This is. I, I'd like to see her impeached, but at least disbarred. Uh, that's not. I don't think you're supposed to do that. I don't think you can campaign, I'm going to get a specific person. It's one thing, I'm going to fight crime, but you're going to actually go after a person, and then you're going to find the crime? It doesn't work that way in America. It's not supposed to. Uh, Let's see, last night I had Eric Trump on the show. He was terrific, uh, son of Donald Trump, and he is, his words, pissed off by all of this stuff. He really is. And he made a couple of interesting points. He said to me, can you imagine... If Donald Trump's president and they raided the uh, home of Barack Obama, you imagine the outcry, right? I mean, it would just be universal and quite justified outrage. Uh, There's a lot of outrage. It's not quite universal about this case. There should be. How about um, if he raided the home of Hillary Clinton? (laughs) I think he could have made that case. And also think of this, and this is from Eric Trump. What are the FBI not doing when they're focused on this kind of stuff? There were like 30, 40 or 50 agents. I heard one estimate of 100 agents. They were there from 9 in the morning to 630 at night going through Melania's closet. They acted. They were very arrogant. They were taken with themselves. And at one point they said, you must turn off all the security cameras. Why? Why is that? I think we need to keep an eye on you. They didn't. I'm I'm reading that they refused. Trump's lawyers were on the scene, but they were not allowed inside while the FBI did its thing. Uh, that's really bad stuff. Now, people have been debating, does does Joe Biden know about this? I don't think they specifically came to Joe Biden and said, uh, tomorrow morning we're raiding uh, Mar-a-Lago. I don't think that actually happened. But I think Joe made it quite clear some time ago that he would be totally okay, totally fine with um, the FBI – Going as far as they can with Donald Trump. I mean, he joked on television, with do I have it here with Jimmy Fallon, uh, that, that he wants to throw his political opponents in jail. He said that out loud and he's made it quite clear. They leaked this to The New York Times that he was frustrated with Merrick Garland, that Merrick Garland wasn't uh, wasn't moving aggressively enough. This is all uh, all out there. Let's see, Merrick Garland. Oh, here he is. Yeah, Joe Biden joking with Jimmy. Not, not really joking. You tell me, is this a joke? Cut forty-three.
2: You often
3: get asked, "Look, the Republicans don't play it square. Why do you play it square?" Yeah. Well, well, guess what? If we do the same thing they do, our democracy will literally be in jeopardy.
4: Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not a joke. I I understand that argument, but also it's like you're playing Monopoly with somebody who, you know, won't pass go and won't follow any of the rules. And how do you ever make any progress if they're not following the rules? You've got to send them to jail.
1: Send them to jail. Now you could say, oh, that's just a Monopoly reference. I don't think so. I don't think so. You know how they demonize Trump? This guy is he's undermining democracy. And that gives them the moral authority, they think, to do anything anything it takes to stop him. Um, here's a crazy zombie. What's his name again? Uh, judge Ludig. Remember Judge Ludig? They made a big deal. Okay, this is a former federal judge. He's a Bush guy, George W. Bush. He spoke like a zombie. But I want you to listen to what he said one more time, because they demonized Trump and portray him as a threat to justify all the crazy stuff they're up to. And Trump did play by the rules. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, when they say this stuff, this, this kind of rhetoric, this is actually endangering democracy because they're acting on it. Cut 46.
5: Donald Trump and his allies and supporters are a clear and present danger to American democracy.
1: You hear that? You and me, you, whoever you are, if you're listening, if you support Donald Trump, as I do, we are clear and present dangers to democracy. How dare? And this guy was lauded. If you criticized him, you were somehow undermining democracy. Well, I'm telling you what he said right there. That is literally undermining democracy. Oh, yes, it is. You can look it up, clear and present danger. He said that, right? He said that about us. And by the way, what, why does it take him a year and a half? Can I hear that one? It's, what's going on here?:
5: Donald Trump and his allies and supporters.: One,
1: two, three,
5: four, five, six. Are seven, a clear seven. and present danger. To American
1: democracy. Wow. So he chose his words very carefully, right? Seven seconds to spit it out. So he knew what he was saying. Clear and present danger, supporters, supporters, half the country. Now, if you look up clear and present danger to democracy, that's where it gets really scary. The threat is such is so severe that you know what they can do? They can deprive you of rights in defense of the government. They can suspend things like the First Amendment, freedom of speech. I didn't make up the term clear and present danger, but these are the kinds of things you can do according to the definition of that phrase when there is a clear and present danger. You see that from time to time. Actually, Zelensky is uh, apparently shutting down newspapers in Ukraine. I hear a little bit of a debate, but during war... Uh, apparently leaders have done that before. Abraham Lincoln, I'm told, shut down a bunch of newspapers during the Civil War. Okay, uh, I guess. Not that nice. That's not my view of things, but uh, I don't think it should go that way. But it did. So when he says that, they're actually, they're the ones getting at undermining democracy. Part of it is they have to state, they have to keep to this over-the-top exaggeration of what Donald Trump is. I went through it last night. I'm like, what is it about you guys? What What is it about him that you don't like that makes you so crazy? I really do think it just comes down to the superficial. They don't like the way he looks. They don't like the way he talks. They don't like uh, the tweets. They didn't like the tweets. They don't like his manner. They don't like he beat Bill Hillary Clinton. Um, they don't like that a guy who's never run for office before, the very first time out, wins – They don't like that he was so successful, okay? They don't like that inflation was held to 1.9%. They don't like that he did things that others said wasn't possible, like moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. They don't like that he blew off the State Department and went and met with Kim Jong-un, okay? Um, They don't like that he actually did what he said he would do as a candidate. That's not not supposed to work that way. You're going to screw it up for everybody, They don't like that he went there and he called them out on their greed, their self-serving ways. People like Liz Cheney and her old man who make hundreds of millions of dollars while serving the country. Are you kidding? And um, he did. He played it by the rules very, very much so. Okay, as we go to break, you tell me, does this sound like a fascist? I keep hearing Donald Trump's a fascist. This is not the way a fascist talks. And this is what he did. He played by the rules. Granted, he did it in a very colorful way. Cut 45.
4: And uh, I'll sign the final papers as soon as I get into the Oval Office. And we will have a national emergency. And we will then be sued. And they will sue us in the Ninth Circuit, uh, even though it shouldn't be there. And we will possibly get a bad ruling and then we'll get another bad ruling and then we'll end up in the Supreme Court and hopefully we'll get a fair shake and we'll win in the Supreme Court. Just like the ban, they sued us in the Ninth Circuit and we lost and then we lost in the appellate division and then we went to the Supreme Court and we won.
1: Okay, does that sound like a fascist? No, that sounds like somebody who knows how the system works. Kind of frustrated with it, but he does it anyway. Okay. Hey, it worked today. He invoked his Fifth Amendment constitutional right, and I love it. Do not cooperate with our corrupt Attorney General, Letitia James. Give me a moment.
0: Greg Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Yikes. I just uh, wrote somebody, and I'm like, hey, he's a big Godfather fan. Have you seen the offer yet? And he writes back to me, "Do I really need a semi fictionalization account of the making of the Godfather? Yikes, what the hell am I supposed to say? I want to come up with something that doesn't sound mean, but I want to push back a little bit. I wrote the answer is no, just like i didn't watch I didn't have to watch Mad Men, but I did based on your recommendation, which i- enjoy, i don't know. I don't know how do you handle this." I uh I I got to do something. I uh or just put it down. Who cares? Um my Apple Watch is working out very well. Other than um you got to charge it a lot. I mean not for nothing, but you know, I had a <laughs> I had a Rolex. I, I I could wear it for a decade and it didn't need to be plugged in. It never stopped. All right. This damn thing. I mean, what how what's my percentage on it right now? 3%. I'm down to 3% juice. I think I looked at it last night. It was at 47%. Why do I have to keep plugging in a phone? I mean, you got to plug in a phone. I don't know. I I mean, I admire the technology. I like what they did, but I am not sure if I'm going to be wearing this thing permanently. Uh, Plugging in a watch. Gosh. Uh, Oh, here's Trump's attorney. Have you seen her, by the way? She's incredibly impressive. He's had a few. This is Alina Haba, H-A-B-B-A. I believe she's out of New Jersey, uh, has an office in Bedminster. Listen to this. Cut one.
6: I can tell you that he was not only working with them. He was cooperating. There was nothing to hide. And he was working in tandem, allowed them into Mar-a-Lago. And the point is, they went in when he wasn't even there and then told his attorneys to leave. They couldn't even be on premises. That doesn't sound good to me.
1: No way. Alina Habba, Donald Trump's attorney. He's got a bunch of them, by the way. And they're all excellent. Uh, Let me hear more from her, Alina Haba, cut two.
6: I haven't seen anyone else be treated like this in my life. Russia hoax, Letitia James, you know, and I can tell you somebody who is very intimately related with all of his legal cases, there is more than people know that you'll be hearing that this lines up perfectly, that I can tell you that they are working in tandem together to try and take him down. And if he wasn't ahead in the polls, this wouldn't be happening.
1: Yeah, if he wasn't ahead in the polls, they wouldn't mess with him. They wouldn't try. They want to take him out, and they won't be able to. I am convinced. One more from this uh, attorney, Alina Habba. I'm
6: concerned that they may have planted something. You know, at this point, who knows? I don't trust the government, and that's a very frightening thing as an American. If I didn't want to be an American and go to another—this is third-world stuff. We've heard it. This is Cuba. This is This is not our country.
1: She's damn right, damn right. Did they put something in one of those boxes? I don't trust them. Uh, gosh, how the FBI? They got to be embarrassed at this point. I mean, everything they've done regarding Trump has been a hoax, has been a trick, has been a scheme. Give it up. Focus on the important stuff. Like Eric Trump said, uh, can you imagine? Like, what are you guys not doing when you're doing this stuff? And don't say, well, it doesn't work that way. There are, you know, so they have units for this. No, they don't actually. There are fewer people in the FBI than you think. It's actually smaller than the New York City Police Department. Did you know that? It's true. Oh, here's Eric Trump. I think this is from my show last night. Cut four.
7: Since the second my father came down the escalator, they have gone after him. They tried to go after him in the White House. They failed with impeachment one. They failed with impeachment two. Then they subpoenaed every member of our family. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subpoenas. They made up dirty dossiers. They made up FISA warrants. They lied, they cheated, and they stole.
1: And why do they do all that stuff? Really, what is it about him? And I do think it comes down to, well, you know, he kicked over the beehive of the swamp. And that makes him really mad. But so much of it, and they were resentful. Like I mentioned, you know, they, they can't forgive him for beating Hillary. They resent him. They're jealous of him. Oh, yeah, they're jealous of him. A guy who does it on the first time out? You know how unbelievably unique that is? I mean, it's crazy unique It's cra- in history. Uh, let's see here. Uh, actually, before, hmm, let me think about this. Well, all right, you're thinking Barack Obama did it on his first time out. Well, yes and no. He ran for state Senate, and he ran for the United States Senate and all that stuff. Um, Let's see, George W. Bush, he ran for Congress and lost. And then he had to become a governor first. You know, uh, George H.W. Bush ran for president like three times. So did Ronald Reagan. Uh, Richard Nixon, of course, you know. I mean, and and look at at this guy. (laughs) Billionaire businessman, TV star, beautiful wife, and runs, decides to be a politician, and wins the first time out. Oh, gosh, that drives him nuts. And what's Lindsey Graham's status on this? Oh, yesterday was very um, interesting. I called out... Uh, the Senate majority leader, minority leader, I guess, uh, Mitch McConnell. I'm like, where the hell are you, you crazy fool? Why aren't you? Well, did I call him a crazy fool? No, I called him something derogatory, but it wasn't crazy fool. I'm like, where is Mitch McConnell and his Senate wimps? Why aren't they decrying this legal atrocity? I did that about two in the afternoon. By about seven o'clock, he came out with a statement. the, The Justice Department owes the American people. Uh, a full explanation of what they did, and uh, the American people will not uh, deserve an answer to what happened on Monday. Didn't say what happened on Monday. Just a lot of things happened on Monday. I assume he was talking about the raid. Okay? just And I think I made Mitch McConnell do that. And I also think I made his lackey, um, John Pretty Boy Thune. Have you ever seen that guy, the Kendall? I made these guys do it because I called them out on Twitter. I got 2,000-something or other. It may not sound like a lot. 2,000 comments. I judge it by how many comments. And if you get more than 1,000 comments, you know you're onto something, and that's approaching a a level of virality in a a weird way, at least in the political Twitter sphere. Ah, there's the music already. Give me a moment. Your calls when I come back.
0: Kelly, on the red apple podcast network hey
1: you know people are wondering why did they do it and i've heard this stupid theory oh they must have something big if they actually did this no Remember, they actually did wiretap his campaign. They had nothing. In fact, they lied on their application for the wiretap. They did. Carter Page, that got him inside the campaign. You can look it up. It's all there. These guys are liars. They've done it before. They've never delivered anything against Trump. And uh, I think one of the reasons why they did it is because the left, they had to satisfy the left base, uh, woke Democrats, because they are losing their minds. They're like, "What what else do you need? Put Trump in jail. I mean, that's what they say. This is the far left. And they've been badgering Merrick Garland, who is the attorney general. And if you look at him, he doesn't look like he can stand the pressure. Okay, I don't think he can take the heat. All right. He's not made for this job. So he's a wimpy guy. And the left has been smacking him around. Listen to this. Cut 48.
8: Why is Merrick Garland allowing this nonsense to continue?
9: (laughs) He's such a he's such an institutionalist that he's too afraid to go after Trump. Merrick Garland, if you indict Trump, you'll be my person of the year, of the decade.
1: All right. So they've been leaning on him big time. And uh, I think this was a crowd pleasing move on his part. This is an attempt. He thought he would be pleasing his base, pleasing his boss. And, uh, no, it's all going up in flames. Bad, bad move. Uh, let's see here. We've got Danny in Woodside. Yes. Danny
4: in Long Island, but that is part of uh,
1: Woodside. I got Woodside is not part of Long Island. And it says it, to me right here that you're in Woodside, Queens. Nope. So what the hell's Long the deal? Island. Where are you?
4: Massapequa.
1: Are you serious? Why does it say? Wait a second. Now he doesn't make this kind of mistake. It says Woodside. You're playing a game with us or what?
4: No, I'm, I go off. Of, I call up Danny all the time. Danny from Long Island. I've Never mentioned Woodside in my life.
1: <laughs> okay, he's owning up to it. I guess it's you. Really, you made that mistake? Woodside, Massapequa. How the? That's I, a that's a big. Uh, all right, never mind. He's 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 contrite. That, you don't have to be. No big deal. All right, Danny, what's up?
4: Couple of points. One, you do a great Mitch McConnell, by the way. That was tremendous. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, all the questions. You know, why would they do this? What do they have on them? And I'm scanning the internet. I like to give it 24 hours for the body to cool down before I do the autopsy to find out what I think about this. And I seen a mem uh, on a computer, one of these postings. There's a picture of Mar-a-Lago, and it said, "August 8th, 2022, a day that will live in infamy," which is a very great quote, of course, attributed to the attack on Pearl Harbor. But the more important quote was the next day, when the Japanese emperor said, or uh, admiral said. I'm afraid all we have done is awoken a sleeping giant. And that's exactly what they did. Because every single person who is a conservative or even moderate or fair-minded, after five, six, seven years of this nonsense, this is enough now. That you're going to go into a man's house, 30 people armed to the teeth like you're dealing with a member of a cartel. Okay, It was enough that they took – that old man who was his political advisor, Roger Stone. They showed up with thirty guys with boats, guns, like they were taking out El Capo. They they took his, his they took his economic advisor out of the airport, on a subpoena, in leg shackles. And now they're showing up at Everlago going through Melania's drawers. It's enough. The, the the FBI is so incompetent; they can't see the the, the forest through the trees. They blew it. This is going to backfire to their worst nightmare because now. It's all about Trump now. He's he, he, he's he has they have literally they have literally legitimized every single complaint he ever said about the government how they weren't treating him right in one fell swoop. And Letitia James, one hundred percent right. A district attorney who was supposed to be a fair arbitrator of the law. Ran on. I'm going to get Donald Trump. Unprecedented, illegal. Unconscionable, immoral, and every other word you want to throw in, and the people of New York voted for it. All right, spot on, man. You're toilet. spot on
1: across the board, Danny. Absolutely, a thousand percent spot on. Let me ask you something. Um, that that observation, the recollection you have about what the Japanese admiral said the next morning, it's brilliant, by the way. Um, are you the first one, or did you hear somebody else make that association?
4: Well, that, well, I, I, I study, I'm I a buff. I study World War II. I love all of that no, stuff. No, no, I know yeah, what
1: it was that. said in World War II, and then you just kind of came up with that. You know what? It's beautiful. Danny, I'm going to use it tonight. I'm going to give you full credit. Danny there from you Massapequa. Um, yeah, you, that's what the, uh, the the rational, sober— uh japanese military leadership they were like what the hell did we just do (laughs) i think you're totally totally right he is enhanced in power stature everybody realizes what's going on and this is a thousand percent substantiated everything he ever said about the federal government it's beautiful i mean it's amazing how things work it's amazing by the way how god works this is all in his hands i am convinced i know i know danny what else tell me about history you like history what else do you like to do
4: well, I know that that admiral, admiral uh, Hirohito, I think his name was, was also went to school in America. No, 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 no. An, it
1: was uh, uh, well, this is one part. Ooh, wow, I can correct Danny on something. It was Emperor Hirohito, and the admiral, I believe, was Yamamoto.
4: Yeah, I'm a motor. I believe he went to school in the United States with a keen awareness of the American people and how the outrage would would never die down. They would never be able to get over the surprise attack. What do I do? I was a lieutenant in the police department, and right now I'm semi-retired. I got four four sons and five grandsons to keep me busy.
1: Damn, yeah, you are busy. You got energy, too. Fantastic. I
4: I just finished up my six-mile walk. I was hoping you wouldn't go to me while I was still walking.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad I did. Great stuff. Great stuff, Danny. To be continued. Uh, Wow, he's spot on. Uh, although I am glad I was able to straighten him out about Emperor Hirohito versus the versus the uh, Admiral. All right, one more. We got uh, Kelly in Yonkers. Hi.
10: Hi, Greg. The Hello. reason I'm calling... Hi. Hold on a second. I'm putting my window up. Um, number one, what you said about the beehive was spot on. I think they're terrified of him. And it's scary to know what exactly he can drain the swamp with. What exactly is our government doing? And I just wanna to talk to you about Donald Trump's character. My dad worked on Trump Towers many, many years ago and him and his coworkers were coming back from lunch. They were going in to wait for the elevator and Donald Trump walked in and the elevator operator looked at my dad and said, no, gentlemen, you need to wait. Donald Trump, it's his elevator, he has to go. So my father stood there, and Donald Trump walked over to the elevator operator and said, these gentlemen are working men. They are working on the clock. I am not on the clock. Anytime a worker comes in here and I'm standing here, you better let them go first. That defines a man's character. He did something when nobody was looking.
1: I love it. I love it. You know, um, it it reminds me of something else regarding a— An elevator and Donald Trump, and you just never know how life is gonna, has gonna is gonna turn out and what's gonna happen. So it was in Chicago in the year I think 2004. Rod Blagojevich is the uh, governor of Illinois, and he's at a I think a White Sox game, and he's on the big special freight elevator. You know, for uh, politicians often don't take the regular elevator; they got a special one in the back for him. You know, they get him in, they get him out. And uh, Rod Blagojevich is about to go up, and uh, they hold everybody else from going on that elevator. There are some other lower-level VIPs. One of them was Donald Trump. And Blagojevich spots him and says, oh, no, 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 of course, please, Mr. Trump, you you should be on this elevator. Has him come on. And at this point, Rod Blagojevich is the governor. He's got state troopers. He's got all these people around him, right? And uh, they had a very nice moment. Uh, take a ride on the elevator, takes 30 seconds or whatever, and they exchange pleasantries. Well, uh, Donald Trump didn't forget that, okay? He just, it just stayed with him. And Rod Blagojevich, years later, was unfairly persecuted, prosecuted, hounded from office, and went to jail. And who pardoned him? Donald Trump, the guy. And he Blagojevich told me this himself. He said, imagine if I were, you know, follow myself, and I'm the governor, and I get this elevator just for myself, and— Anyway, what goes around comes around, and uh, I th- I like that. I like what you just told me, and I it just made me think of Rod Begoyevich. That guy got totally screwed.
10: Yeah, when my dad said it, and like I said, how many years ago was Trump Tower being built?
1: Eighty and, in the uh, late seventies to early eighties, I think. Eighty, eighty-one. Yeah, yeah.
10: that was something that always stuck with me about his character. And when he first decided to run, I said, you know something. This is a man that'll do positive for the United States of America.
1: You can feel it in the air, can't you? He has been again. This they tried to take him out with this thing. He's only getting stronger. Kelly, uh, thank you very much. How's your dad these days? Is he still with us?
10: No, my dad passed.
1: Uh, but
10: I know he. I know he's looking down with a smile.
1: Yeah. What kind of construction work did he do? What was his specialty?
10: He was an iron worker.
1: Wow. What other buildings did he work on?
10: Oh, my God. I Too many to mention. Did he ever
1: work on the World Trade Center?
10: Um, I believe he did.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, if he was an iron worker in 1969, Bo Deedle just walked by. Bo Deedle of all people, was an iron worker on the World Trade Center. Hey, Kelly, I thank you very, very much. Uh, one other thing here. Ooh. Nancy Pelosi, did you see this? It went totally viral when she's uh, getting everything wrong. She just got back from Taiwan, right? Annoyed half the world. Uh, Listen to how she characterizes her trip. Cut 51.
6: China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't take it from me. That's from Freedom House. Let's talk a a little democracy. Courageous people.
1: I mean, it's kind of funny. She said China is one of the freest countries in the entire world. She just got back from over there. Uh, she meant to say Taiwan. All right, she goes all the way over there, and she just she can't even keep the countries straight. That's uh, that's pretty pretty messed up. I want to read you something from. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of the Wall Street Journal. They can be rather snooty, but uh, there's this really good guy, Holman Jenkins, and he points out a couple of things that. Um, well, Donald Trump. Let me back up for a moment. Ukraine. Who put Joe Biden in charge of the Ukraine uh, portfolio? Uh, Barack Obama did. Barack Obama's a pretty savvy guy. We don't like him, but he's pretty savvy. He's also pretty sensitive, and he's got pretty good antennae, and he's very observant. So he puts Joe Biden in charge of that. And he knows. He absolutely knows. The State Department knew. Everybody knew. And they didn't like it one bit. That Hunter Biden got a job at Burisma. It was infuriating to them. How could you do something so stupid? You know, if you hang around Joe Biden, you know he's dumb. So remember, Barack Obama did not back Joe Biden in 2016. He went with Hillary Clinton. He knew Joe. He knew he was uh, compromised. He totally knew he was comprom- compromised. That's, uh, I just, I, I'm going to do something with that. I I, he talked Joe Biden out of running for. I don't think he had to talk him out. He just kind of signaled is what Holman Jenkins uh, writes. Mr. Mr. Obama wasn't blind. He saw what the laptop has only belatedly let the rest of us see. No sooner had he put Joe Biden in charge of the sensitive Ukraine portfolio after Russia's first invasion in 2014. Hunter cashed in by taking a lucrative sinecure on the board of a controversial Ukrainian gas company. This was such a galumphing. This is the word galumphingly. Galumphingly. Let me look. Galumphingly. G a l l u m p h i n g l y. Galumphingly. Have you ever heard that word? I mean, I I kind of know what it means just by looking at it. Just, but galumphingly. We're going to look that up. Brazen move, one that Joe Biden refused to do anything about when approached by his staff, that it smells more like a culmination than an aberration. In full or in part, observable to Mr. Obama's staff would have been Joe's letting Hunter travel on Air Force Two to promote his Chinese ventures, his letting Hunter use the vice president's official residence to court the Mexican billionaires Carlos Slim and Miguel Velasco, Or how about 15 meetings reporting by the Daily Mail between the vice president and various of Hunter's business partners? Obama knew, bottom line. After leaving the vice presidency, Mr. Biden directly participated in discussions of his son's Chinese business dealings, according to Hunter uh, partner Tony Bobolinsky. Yeah, they try to brush that aside. A memo reportedly by Hunter refers to a possible 10% stake for the big guy. While steadfastly denying that Mr. Biden involved himself in his son's business, White House spokespersons have largely declined uh to answer the deluge of laptop-related allegations. Basically, Obama knew that's why he went with Hillary uh because and,
6: and
1: <laughs> uh Obama's, by the way, calling the shots. You know that. He is kind of running the show. What's he still doing in Washington, D.C.? Every president leaves Washington after their presidency is finished. It's like it goes all the way back to George Washington, except, yeah, even Washington. He went back to Mount Vernon, which back then was like kind of far away considered, but not really. Um, Barack lives 1.2 miles from the White House. He said he was staying in Washington D.C. because his, Sasha Obama his daughter had to graduate from high school. Well, she graduated 3 years ago and Obama is still there. Oh, uh, isn't that something? I think that's something. Can you imagine though back to what Eric Trump said just a little while ago. If if Donald Trump ordered the FBI to go into uh, Barack Obama's home even if he didn't order it, if it happened while he was president, could you imagine the outcry? I mean, the clamoring for another impeachment it would have happened. Wow. Uh, talk about double standards. But it's okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to win. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Yep. Words out there. Words out. My uh, Mitch McConnell impression is uh, – burning up the internet hey one more time richard nixon huh the way he left the way he left uh yesterday 48 years ago yesterday he left office and uh i want to play it one more time uh with this democrats you got to go back and watch this speech okay i know you hate i know you hate trump you hate him but watch out with that hate because it can come back and bite you cut 50 always give your best never get discouraged never be petty
5: Always remember, others may hate you, but those who hate you don't win unless you hate them. And then you destroy yourself.
1: You hear that? You're destroying yourself with this stuff. You really are. Trump derangement syndrome has gone way too far with you folks. That was Richard Nixon as he was leaving office, and Richard Nixon was kind of consumed. He got really bitter about these guys. He had a little bit too much hate. And... Uh, you know, like I say, I don't hate anybody, and I don't. I, I love everybody. I love everybody. I don't have to like you. And you know, that guy called yesterday. I think Roger from Nantucket. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, salvation, uh, forgiveness, you name it. Uh, it. It can all happen for Hunter Biden. Of course, I think he has to go to jail first. <laughs> but I, I mean, based on what I know and what I've seen, I think he definitely committed some uh, crimes here, and that doesn't mean you're. Uh, off the hook when it comes to stately authorities, uh, authorities of the state. But, um, yeah, it's all available. And I do, you know, genuinely, genuinely. You know, people say, do you pray for somebody? Do you pray for somebody? Let's pray for somebody. You know, that kind of thing. I I pray for Joe Biden. I pray for the president. Do you really? Let's say a prayer for a moment for, for Joe Biden even, all right? Because this is one tortured, very flawed man. It's, very, it's pathetic what we're seeing. And um, I hope, I pray, that he sees the error of his ways and that he starts a conversation with God because he's going in the wrong direction that I think is harmful for him, harmful for his family, and harmful to the country. So I hope he gets all of that. I pray that he gets all that straightened out and he can find peace, because the peace, uh, it's not coming to him. I mean, look at his... Well, it's not part of the prayer now, but I could look at his family, and I'm just like, no, no, this doesn't add up. Something is really wrong here. So good luck to him. I hope he does get closer to God because uh, this is bad all around. We don't like it. He, I don't think God likes it. I can't speak for God. Nobody can do that. Mike in Lake George, hey, welcome back. Um, what's up? Hey, Greg. Uh
8: always a Marine from Garden City, man. I worked with a lot of people. MTA of Vietnam vets. i 68. And uh, raise a glass to all the veterans.
1: And Where I'm in Garden through. City did you live?
8: No, you're from Garden City.
1: Yeah, you're I right know. Right from Garden City. Oh, what? Yeah, I thought you said you are from Garden City.
8: No, no, no. no I didn't. thought
1: you said but, that, Spider. Okay. All right, well, um, okay. What, <laughs> okay. All right, Mike, what's up? Okay, here's what's up. I spoke
8: to the producer about this. I'm looking at the post, and you mentioned it before. You know, they raid uh, Mar-a-Lago, the FBI agents, okay, and uh, they're going to every length they can. Do you think, Greg, the FBI could could investigate some of the uh, uh, Democrats, the devious Democrats? Probably not. You know, the the idiotic standing president and his psycho son, Hunter, who had convenient amnesia with his uh, laptop. You know, it's really something um, that it, it continues to go on. It continues to go on. And maybe, uh, maybe things will be straightened out, you know, in a short period of time where uh, uh, Joe Biden can leave office because he's just uh, idiotic and, and he's got, uh, you know, the, the early stages of, uh, of dementia, you mm.
1: know? Yeah. Um, All right.
8: Good show, Greg. Thanks, Have Mike. Thanks,
1: Mike. Hey, is there a lot of water skiing up there in Lake George? Right? There is, right? I think that's where I learned how to water ski a long time ago. Is it right? That's like water skiing capital of the world
8: they have everything up here. Oh yeah. Oh oh, yeah. And, uh um, I've been coming up here. My kids, my daughter's doing fine. She's a teacher. My son's doing fine. He was a wide receiver at Cortland. He's doing fine. Excellent. uh, Excellent.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, pal, very much. Hey, do me a favor. Just everybody who was – this is a great guy. Jason Miller, he knows his stuff. He's very close to Trump. And if anybody – apparently he was on the fence a little bit about uh, running for president. Again, yeah, Donald Trump. I'm surprised to hear that. But this is what Jason Miller says about what this all means. Jason Miller helped run the campaign in 16. Cut 56. I think the before last night, I'd say it was maybe of the 60, 40, maybe 70, 30 range. I think after last night, I think it's almost certain that President Trump runs again. And I think the reason being is he realizes that once you start attacking the swamp, once you start trying to change things, they're never going to stop shooting at you. All right. He's really doing it. I mean, in a way, that's interesting. They're never going to stop shooting at you. So he has to do it. He has to do it. At this point, he has to do it to protect his family, to protect himself, I don't know if Trump b- believes that. He's actually said at one point that if he wanted this to go away, the harassment, the persecution, the prosecution, all he would have to do is, you know what? I'm going to say goodbye to politics. No more politics for me. I'm going to enjoy my life. And I have a very good life, you know, a very great life. He could do that. Hey, we've got to find a way to hold Christopher Ray, the FBI director. This guy should be held in contempt of Congress. What this guy did— Telling the uh, Judiciary Committee that he does not have time because he has to catch a flight and that flight was on a jet reserved for him, he definitely made it seem like he had to go catch a flight on Delta. It turns out that that flight was his own jet. And by the way, I don't think the FBI director deserves his own plane. That's why these people get crazy. They get drunk with power. They make stupid decisions. They want to keep the stuff. Take that plane away. One plane in government for people to travel on. Outside the military, I think it should be Air Force One. That's it for the president. He gets a plane. No Nancy Pelosi plane. No uh, no FBI director plane. Uh, they make silly decisions. They don't know how to act on these planes. You know who does, actually? <laughs> I know, I know. Trump, he's had private plans since he was 29, all right? He's not impressed with this junk anymore. He's had it. He can stay mission-focused on the people. Give me a moment.
0: Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, everyone's changing their gender. Everyone, everyone. I saw a four-year-old kid, and they uh, he came out as a she, or she came out as a he, one or the other. And everybody went wild, from his mother to the drag queens. They had a little parade. They had a little parade for this four-year-old kid who decided uh, that their gender would be something other than what they were born as. It's happening to little kids, and it's happening to big kids as well. Uh, some 48-year-old reporter for ESPN. Let's see here. Award-winning ESPN journalist M.A. Vopel comes out as transgender who I've always been inside. At some point, you realize you need to have faith that your happiness slash well-being is worth pursuing and also have faith in other people's kindness and grace. M.A. Vopel tweeted on Tuesday. Congratulations, M.A. Vopel. I have a feeling, however, that this may have been a career move by you. Inspired maybe just a little bit by... The seeking of fame, status, maybe a little bit money, maybe a little bit now you're protected. Now you cannot be, uh, you cannot be, you are officially protected. Under New York state law, LGBTQ, the T, the T is uh, very important. Now you are a protected class. And uh, the whole world is writing about you. Now... Has anybody heard of uh, a reporter named Volpo for ESPN? I don't really know anybody over there. Uh, I know the big fat guy who's pretty gets angry all the time. I know him. Uh, who else do I know there at ESPN? Um, I don't know. I mean, they got they went crazy woke a long time ago. Jameel Hill, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. He's uh, he likes to stir the pot. Look. I told you guys, I lost all the interest in sports like in 1979. I could care less anymore. I could tell you all about the Yankees back then. I don't know. Aaron Judge could walk in right now. I wouldn't recognize the guy. Um, I got so into the Yankees at one point, I remember crying when they lost an extra innings game to Boston. Crying. And um, some some members of my family straightened me out. (laughs) And uh, it was a great lesson. And I think somebody said, you know, these guys, are they're not even from New York. You're rooting for the clothes. Jerry Seinfeld later did a bit about that. He's right. They come and go. Who cares? They don't care about your problems. They were overpaid then. They're incredibly overpaid now. And I don't know what happened, especially with baseball. I think the world got quicker and baseball got slower. I have no tolerance for that or, you know, football, any of it. It's just a big waste of time in my book. Um, Not to, if you get something out of it, that's great, but uh, so ESPN reporter M.A. Vopal, formerly known as Michelle Vopal, has come out as transgender. In sports media, we're lucky to tell stories of others' journeys. We have our own, too. Oh, how thoughtful. Part of mine is being transgender, and I'm transitioning to male. So let me get this straight. You had your breasts removed? Wow, I guess you did, huh? It's amazing. You know anybody who has ever had breast cancer? Can you imagine someone doing that voluntarily for cosmetic reasons? Having their breasts removed? You know, I actually know somebody who did this. Not well, but I know them. And the status and, quite frankly, the attitude that we have to now deal with. And, oh, yeah, they're making a big deal about their pronouns and you say the wrong thing, Oh, you, you call that person by their former name, and they call it the dead name. That's like the worst thing in the world you can do. They can actually bring you up on charges for that. Vopal went on to explain what motivated him to make the change, receiving this year's Naismith Hall of Fame's Kurt Gowdy Media Award. I have the great honor of receiving Gowdy Award next month from Naismith Hall of Fame and wanted to do that as my authentic self, hence this announcement now. Uh, the winner will be a who cares. Uh, fear can keep us paralyzed for decades, especially when we think we will lose all that is dear to us, including career. Uh, uh, no, now you can gain everything, including a career. Transgender, LGBTQ. I kind of wish they had just done this and not made a big deal out of it. That would be fine. I'm just not necessarily sure I buy the story here. I buy Caitlyn Jenner's story. Hey, if this is legit, it's legit. Um, But the fanfare, there are children now who are inspired by these stories And now are undergoing, the federal government says, Joe Biden says, I will back you up a 1,000% if you're 12 years old and you want to undergo life-altering, body-changing, arguably mutilating surgery that can never, ever be reversed. This is having an effect on kids. Yeah, actually. And that's why M.A. Vopal, Michelle, whatever the hell your name, you want to do this stuff, go ahead and do it. Just come back and you look different. Don't tell anybody. Don't make it a big deal because this is impacting children. And, oh, by the way, I think it's impacting your job security. Now you're untouchable. Before you were just some no-name reporter. Now you're, uh, well, now you're transgender. And now a community has now embraced you. And you can go around as a as an inspiration to women and girls and men and boys. Why don't we ever say boys and girls anymore, right? It's all women and girls. It used to be men and women, boys and girls. Now it's women and girls. What's going on there? There's something uh, not right. Uh, Vopal has worked for ESPN anonymously since 1996, and according to the outlet is the foremost authority on women's basketball in both the collegiate and professional ranks. The journalist added that he's excited for what's to come. I may look and sound a little different. (laughs) Glad to be who I've always been inside. And it goes on like this. goes on. Oh, boy, more. I can't read the whole thing. I have a feeling this was a shortcut to um, what everybody seems to want these days, attention. And uh, attention without the effort. Did it take any skill to do this? No. You know what it took, though, what they'll say? It takes bravery. Oh, they were so brave. Really? To just go along with what uh, is really culturally cool right now? I don't think that's brave. Just like I don't think these January sixth the witnesses are brave. This is exactly what the mainstream media wants. And Liz Cheney, I think she's got a, I think she's got a little thing going for Cassidy, see Hutchinson. Remember her? She's still out there. Cassidy, the president, then lunged for the Bobby Engel's clavicle, and I just, I, I, I said we have to go back to the West Wing. We have to go back to the West Wing. And Bobby told me then, then, Bobby told you, Bobby told you, who's Bobby and who's Tony? She she had a crush for a lot of guys in the office, apparently. Uh, You know, a lot of, sometimes these uh, publicity stunts, it's usually about, excuse me, some some office romance. It really is. Uh, Pete in Staten Island. Yes, Pete.
7: Hey, Greg, I wanted to bring up the story of Donald Trump in Rockefeller Center. I worked as a stage hit, and this was back a couple of years. Uh, he had his entourage. They, were in, they went to the Rainbow Room, and they were coming out, and Donald Trump told them, uh, he said, where's the limousine? So uh, he said, I gave the guy the day off as his wife's birthday. So one of the guys said to him, uh, Donald, that's weak. And he said, well, then, then I'm weak. And I'm telling you, that day, I, I wasn't into politics or nothing. I wasn't Democrat or Republican. But that day, I said, if this guy ever runs for president, I'm voting for him. And I I, I got his back. I mean, what they're doing to him, what could they do to me? Uh, the, I'm a citizen that works.
1: Hey, let me and get this straight, though. Limo. Wait, wait, wait. You say he had his big entourage and there was no limo. And then somebody told him that they gave what the limo... The Limo driver off because it was his wife's birthday,
7: right? And uh, he turned around and they walked down to Trump Plaza. And when they were walking, I was, noticed prior, I was noticing that uh, floor shine shoes were like came out of a funeral home. I mean, you know, they didn't have dirt like they never walked on the earth. These guys were very, very intellectual. And, and hold on a know, second, who they, gave they who gave
1: down. who gave the limo driver off because it was his wife's birthday? You're saying Trump did. Donald Trump gave me. Uh, I don't know. Ago. I don't know about that. That does sound a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I, okay. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I. How many years ago was this?
7: But uh, It's got to be at least twenty-five years
1: ago. How are you privy to this? You're just you're a stagehand, and you hear you get wind.
7: A yeah, I was walking in the hallway. If you ever saw me, you'd know me. I was down at Fox. No, a stagehands while.
1: Hands are great. I mean, I, but did this get to you secondhand? Look, quite frankly, I can't no, stand I'm, it. Give me a second here. I can't stand yeah. it when adults take off for their birthday. All right. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. It's also your birthday happens to be a work day. Okay. Odds are. It's a work day. What are you, a nine years old? And if one of my people needed the day off because it was their wife's birthday, I would say, uh, okay, Friday night is a good time to celebrate. Maybe Saturday, Sunday. I, I just can't. I, I I'm, not, you know, I love Trump, and I know I'm, I'm sure he did the right thing and whatever. But I'm just wondering. You got me thinking about this birthday nonsense. I, I, I somebody take another place because the, the policy was to give everybody off on their birthday. What are we supposed to do? And if you're not writing your mother a card on your birthday or thinking about your mother and father, especially your mother, think about what she went through on your birthday. You know, and then somehow it's about the kid. We don't remember any of the pain. We don't remember anything. They remember every single detail. It should be in celebration and honor of mothers the day they had a child. I just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I know that's, you didn't want to have that conversation, but yeah. Yeah, So uh, bottom line, bottom line is what?
7: The bottom line is I agree with you about birthdays, but that's what he did. And (laughs) they walked, there's five blocks to walk. They walked. And I was going like, wow. I have
1: this. a feeling he updated his policy on that. Okay, it's your birthday. Hey, we got to save America. You know, what the hell? And he's one of these guys, you get to a certain age, you don't want to make a big deal out of your birthday. I don't talk about my birthday anymore. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? Yeah. it's You get older, people use it against you. What?
7: I don't even mention mine. I'm getting too old. Right. Yeah,
1: right. People will use it against you. And I noticed on June 14th, which is his birthday, he didn't make a big deal out of it. Uh, I know enough now to not. You know who I learned this lesson from? Well, I don't want to say, but, uh, well, um, it was a policy I had with a female anchor who I sat next to for a long time. I love her. Rosetta Scotto. We had a policy. Don't talk about each other's birthdays. Right? Who needs to know how old you're getting? And I am bided by that. And, of course, one day, Cory Booker comes in. Hey, everybody, uh, I just want to make an announcement right here on television that it's Rosanna Scottle's birthday. Yeah. And he's, he thinks he's, like, the most thoughtful, heroic guy in the world. We're like, shut up. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man.
6: Thank you. Thank you.
1: You bet. You bet. Shut up. Cory Booker. Yikes. He's a off. Outside of politics, I actually like him a lot. We, um, we He's a big fan of the old Star Trek. He used to watch uh, What's Happening on TV. We're roughly the same age. We have a lot of the same cultural references. He did do this one thing that was very funny with the Doobie Brothers. Uh, regular guy, except when he's asking for votes or all that stuff, the politics stuff, and when he's on a panel and it's all about him, him, him. Uh, but other than that, I don't think he's going to be president. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to work out. It was funny. He was like the fresh face for a long time. But then he was a fresh face for too long, and he became kind of stale. He became kind of yesterday's news. Uh, We'll see. Life is long. Anything can happen. Give me a moment.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Hey, I didn't know this. Carrie Lake running for governor in Arizona. Really great. I love her. She just won the nomination. She was outspent five to one. Former anchor woman at the Phoenix Fox affiliate. And um, she outspent five to one up against a billionaire's wife. And also, she had no campaign manager. (laughs) She did it herself. Yeah, she had some uh, press aides and that kind of thing and assistance. But she was calling the shots as far as strategy goes. Wow. I love it when stuff like that happens. She is amazing. They're trying to portray her as the underdog. Maybe she is. I don't know. I think she's going to win up against that Democrat Hobbs. All kinds of valid concerns about the election. they got to stop calling it the big lie when we say, hey, this election wasn't right. It's okay to say that, especially now that it's been 1,000% substantiated, at the very least in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. The Supreme Court of those states ruled as such. The drop boxes were illegal, patently illegal, and they had 500 of them in Wisconsin. As to Pennsylvania, who knows how many votes were illegal because um, I don't think we have a number yet, but there are only two ways to vote in the Commonwealth of of Pennsylvania's Constitution, in-person or absentee with excuse. You need an excuse, and so many people did not have them. Hey, whatever happened to Marco Rubio? Remember that guy? Um, Marco Rubio was, uh, against Trump and now he's with him. And I think we got to count on this guy. Cut seven, please.
9: I actually don't think they went in looking for documents. I think that was probably their, their excuse they found some Obama donor judge to write not even a judge, a magistrate to, to write, uh, uh, and give them the search warrant. I think they went in there looking to see whatever they could find. Their argument is, all right, we were here looking for documents. We didn't find those, but look what we did find. Or who knows what happened while they were in there? Cause the lawyers weren't allowed to see it these people are obsessed the far left they will stop at nothing people don't understand this is the playbook from all over the world the far left believes that their cause is so worthy that anyone who is against it must be evil must be a criminal and must be punished and put away look this is one of the reasons I know people hear this all the time this is why elections really matter we've got to take back the majority in the House and Senate so we can subpoena the records behind this and these other efforts so we could bring in the director of the FBI the Attorney General and force people to testify under oath about uh, who told you what? Who told you to do this? What was the justification behind this? This stuff needs to happen.
1: Good for Marco Rubio. Wow. Very impressive. I was looking at some clips uh, from Matt Gates as well. These guys, such warriors. I know the fake news will say, well, wait a second. He wasn't for Trump. He was against Trump. He ran against Trump. He said he was a threat. Lots of things get said in a campaign. All right. Lots of things get said. Uh, campaigns are tough. The rhetoric can be pretty intense. Some people may remember that Donald Trump uh, threatened Hillary Clinton with jail. Remember that? It's just such a great thing that Donald Trump is not in charge of the criminal justice system in America. That's all I can say, because you'd be in jail. Whoa! Everybody went nuts, and they accused him of being an authoritarian, but he never did it. All right. It's one thing to say it in a campaign, at a debate, but to actually govern that way, and he didn't. They are. Joe Biden is. And that's the way it worked when he was in politics, uh, when he got into politics in 1972. There was a bit of, oh yeah, the IRS, uh, political figures would unleash the IRS all the time, and the FBI too. Those were J. Edgar Hoover days, remember that? (laughs) He went into the FBI when J. Edgar Hoover, I think he actually, when did Hoover die? I think it was in 1972, and that's the year that Joe Biden was... uh, was elected. All right. Uh, let's do one more. We got, Oh, he's been on hold for a million years. Jay in Edison. Yes.
5: Hey, how you doing, Greg? Uh, Greg, I want to expand a little bit on what Marco Rubio said. I would have said that myself, but now I'll change a little bit. I think that we're going to have a serious problem winning the election in 2024 if Trump's the candidate only because I think the election swings on just three cities. I know this sounds strange, but I think like, uh, Detroit, Michigan, Uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Atlanta, Georgia. And I don't see with, we can't depend on the DOJ, we can't depend on the FBI to enforce election laws in those cities, for example. We can't depend on the leaders of those cities, usually they're uh, Democrats, of course, uh, the mayors, and so are the police chiefs. Uh, So who is gonna enforce and watch over the people who believe Trump is like Mussolini or Mao or something in their mind? And they're any means necessary. They're willing to cheat if they can. So who's going to watch them?
9: How
1: well, are going to solve this? That's. Well, let me just ask you this. So do you think the answer is to your valid concerns about the fairness in Detroit, Philadelphia, and Atlanta, to be afraid of their potential cheating, and say, well, we got to find a candidate that they won't be uh, that they won't op- oppose as much? You think we should just find somebody that they they won't cheat against? Is that what you're saying?
5: No, Trump has to be the candidate. there's okay. no doubt about that. Uh, Trump has the best chance of winning uh, I'm just asking you what can we do about that I'm saying practically how can we who's going to enforce it look if when you look at african American community, uh they were able to get a pass in my estimation, just in my opinion on looting, shooting, and the riots of twenty twenty uh in general not you know not very specifically, but if they feel and if they're being prodded by, people, can I just jump in for a
1: second? You got to remember sure. something: Donald Trump did better with African Americans than any Republican in 20 years. No, he did definitely. better than African American. Look, who's going to watch it? You know, we were watching. We were watching um, well, Philadelphia like a hawk. Yeah. Hey, we got to. Yeah, here's the short answer: is you got to get out there and vote, and they got to make it. You got to. You got to win by a landslide. I don't have a quick answer for you.
5: I'd like to see. Uh, Colonel West and Candace Owens and people like that sitting there watching them, then I would trust the election. Ah,
1: well, it doesn't work that way. You know, they're not going to bring know, in uh, the, the fabulous but, people but by I, the way. Hey, that's something yeah. else about conservatives, by the way, which I love. It's not about what you look like. It's about your ideas, what you say. And you guys may remember in Pennsylvania, I was bitterly opposed to Kathy Barnett. Uh, I didn't like her. I did, I thought she was embellishing. I thought she was lying. I didn't think she had the uh, credentials to be a U.S. senator. But the hardcore MAGA people, I mean, you know, really, wow, The uh, they were with her. I consider myself pretty MAGA, but these guys, like, they just – and uh, overwhelmingly white supporters were – and they accused me. I'm like, how dare you oppose Kathy Barnett? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to us. Uh, anyway, great points, Jay. I got to take a uh, quick one. I'll be right back.
0: entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network
1: uh, that's me yes all right one second uh ah, good to go good to go good to go are you taking care of yourself i sure hope you are uh you go around once and why not go around uh, as best you can i am uh I went running again today. I know, not not great. I've been here before. What was it? How many uh 1.7 miles. 1.7 miles. I know. Oh, are you crazy? 1.7 miles. Well, and uh, how long did that take me? Just under 17 minutes. So I'm running basically 10 minute mile pace. One point seven miles, seventeen minutes. Uh, nothing to write home about, but I feel fantastic about it because I started at one mile. Then I started what? Then I went to one point one, and then one point two, and then one point three, and day every day a little bit better. Uh, one day I only went a fifth of a, a, a one, not a fifth. Uh, what is it? A one twentieth? Point zero five miles. But I improved just a little bit, and that's what Jordan Peterson says. Uh, if you're not familiar with Jordan Peterson, go ahead and Google him, uh, these amazing videos. This guy is a is a patriot. Uh, I think he's Canadian. He's still a patriot. He believes in freedom, and he will not be forced into the woke left's trap. Uh, they're trying to make people in Canada speak a certain way, uh, use those pronouns, even if they don't want to, or you know, they're just trying to mandate speech, and he won't do it. Anyway, Jordan Peterson came out with a great book. It's called 12 Rules of Life. And one of the rules is do not compare yourself to anyone else. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. If you can just improve a little bit in something, in anything, uh, it feels great. And I don't care. I don't care if I'm surrounded by people who can run a marathon. I am improving every single day. Um, except the weekends. I usually try to tell those are, but, um, on the weekdays, yeah, I'm all over it. Um, Fox News is, where are they these days? Do we like Fox News? They're beating the drum again about missing kids. Um, they made a lot of money off of that. Remember the Natalie Holloway case and Yaron Vander Sloat? Yeah, they, uh. They really did make a lot of money. Hey, do we have that statement from President Trump? Uh, Yes, we do. All right. Here's what he says about this ridiculous uh, hearing that they wanted to ask him questions at. They wanted to ask him questions at the state attorney general's office. He went, and then he said, it is my right to not say anything, and I won't. And then he left. Let's see here. Attorney General Letitia James openly campaigned on the policy of get and destroy Trump. This political attack on me, my family, and my great company in her despicable attempt to fulfill that cynical and very corrupt promise, James developed a political platform and made a career out of maliciously attacking me and my business before she was even elected. It's true. You can look it up. You can see it on my Twitter. I just put that video out. She said it like crazy. Uh, Before she was even elected or reviewed one of the millions of pages of documents we willingly produced, she proclaimed... I look forward to going to the office of the attorney general every day, suing him, and then going home. She announced, what is fueling my soul right now is Trump. And that she had her eyes on Trump Tower. She even assured her supporters in an election promise that we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally, and she claimed I was an illegitimate president. She did. She did. She downright, you know, she came out and said he is an illegitimate president. Even as attorney general, she said that. You know, I tried saying that about Joe Biden just to see what would happen, quite frankly. Ooh. Ooh. Got all kinds of warnings from Twitter. I got stern talkings, uh, stern talkings, too, from people I know. Watch that. Watch that. Why? Why? It's a free country, right? Not really. Not if you're a Trump supporter. Certainly not if you're Trump. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. He's going to know my name. In her AG victory speech, she promised to shine a bright light into every dark corner of Trump's real estate holdings. Shortly thereafter, she vowed to use every area of the law to investigate President Trump and his business transactions and that of his family as well. Letitia James is a failed politician who has intentionally colluded with others to carry out this phony years-long crusade that has wasted countless taxpayer dollars, all in an effort to prop up her political career. During her heated Trump rhetoric, she ran for governor of New York state using getting Trump as her primary credential. It didn't work. She got very low poll numbers and ran back into the office of the attorney general to continue the persecution of President Donald J. Trump. Despite the fact that New York is suffering its worst murder, drug, and overall crime rate in many decades, criminals are running rampant, shooting, slashing, and hurting people on the sidewalks of New York while she and her office spend a big percentage of their time and money on their Trump vendetta. Letitia James openly stated her hostilities toward me and a kind of retribution that is unthinkable. Years of work and tens of millions of dollars have been spent on this long simmering saga and to no avail. James now realizes I built a great company with tremendous value and her case is a scam, which is why for years they haven't been able to file a single charge. What Letitia James has tried to do the last three years is a disgrace to the legal system, an affront to New York State taxpayers, and a violation of the solemn rights and protections afforded by the U.S. Constitution. I did nothing wrong, which is why, after five years of looking, the federal, state, and local governments, together with the fake news media, have found nothing. We cannot permit a renegade an out-of-control prosecutor to use this investigation as a means of advancing her political career. New York deserves better, and this country deserves better. This is a vindictive and self-serving fishing expedition, the likes of which our country has never seen before. The United States Constitution exists for this very purpose, and I will utilize it to the fullest extent to defend myself against this malicious attack by this administration, this attorney general's office, and all other attacks on my family, my business, and our country. I asked, I was once asked, or I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Well, now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become targets of an unfounded, politically motivated, which, supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. If there was any question in my mind, the raid of my home, Mar-a-Lago, on Monday by the FBI just two days prior to this deposition wiped out any uncertainty. I have absolutely no choice because of the current administration and many prosecutors in this country have lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency. Accordingly, under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded every citizen under the United States Constitution. God bless this man. What a statement. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. And yeah, now, listen. I did this yesterday. I'm going to play it right off. Oh, wait a second. Do we have? I'm going to play it right off my Twitter if I can make it happen here. Uh, yes, I can. All right. So this is the Letitia James. It's a little bit hard to hear, but it's Letitia James boasting about how she's going to get Trump, mostly during the campaign, but some even after even um, after she became Attorney General. You ready for this? All right. Let me turn up the volume, and we're going to try it. Three, two, one. Go. Say one name Donald
10: Trump. That should motivate you. Stop your ass and vote. Will, will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. I love it. He probably does already. He built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those trans- I say the bottom line is, is that residents from Brooklyn who are going to really make the difference are energized. Individuals from the city are energized. Individuals- Attorney General, because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. Legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done.
1: Yeah, this is not somebody you want to uh, cooperate with. This is not somebody you want to just shoot the breeze with. No, this is somebody who's out to harm you and whatever you say will be used against you. So good for Donald Trump. Man, what a lunatic. You got to watch that. And she's waving her arms around like crazy. Uh gosh, we really have some nobodies in these offices. You know, Attorney General of New York. Who was another Attorney General? Uh, Robert Abrams. Robert Abrams of New York State. Do you remember that guy? He was a giant. He was like a big deal. Who else? Uh, I can't remember right now. I, Elliot Spitzer was, you know, before, well, before, you know. Uh, all right. Uh, Alan in Scarsdale. Hi, Alan. Oh, hi.
2: Hi, Mr. Kelly. I I wanted to uh, just speak a bit about Alec Jones. I was listening to you the, the previous week, mm. and I got the feeling that you uh, felt his trial was uh, putting him at a disad—not not at a disadvantage—but you, you didn't. Uh, you, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You felt that this wasn't proper; that he shouldn't be uh, sued uh, for his words. But I must say that my heart—you know—my heart really went out when that Sandy Hook massacre occurred. Uh, can you think of anything worse, really, than losing a child? You know, when you send your child off to school, nobody—nobody—nobody nobody, nobody ever thinks that their child won't come home and And these parents, uh, especially the parents uh, that one parent that was holding their child when he was shot in the head uh to, to hear the the words that came out of mr Jones's mouth made me wish that someone very similar to uh Joe Welsh in the army McCarthy hearings the the way he came out yeah, have his, you no decency,
1: sir? have you no de- but let me ask you this though what did what did Alex Jones say, and when and where did he say it?
2: Well, he he denied he denied that it ever happened. He called it a hoax. He called it a flag event.
1: Well, I he, wait, wait, he, wait. But I I think we're kind of simplifying. And look, I am, I don't want to get into. I don't. I did not see his show. I don't watch his show, and I don't know exactly what he said. I have been told that he didn't say it didn't happen. He thinks the government carried it out, and that the government does these kinds of things. And I don't believe this, by the way, but. This is yep. what I've been told," he said. "The government does these kinds of things to get um, gun control legislation. They think it will motivate gun control. Now I don't believe that. Um, I also don't believe that the government, you know, attacked the World Trade Center. There are people who do That's believe right. that. Yeah. I don't believe I that the CIA killed John F. Kennedy. There are people who right. do believe that. These, no, I these, they're I know. Like but conspiracy sir, conspiracy sir, conspiracy. these, these may be offensive ideas to us, but they're just ideas. And you mentioned, yeah, nothing worse than having your child killed. But I mean, quite frankly, what does it matter if some lunatic in Texas is shooting his mouth off into a podcast? I mean, I don't get it. And I, I, I don't like I I'm, I guess you could call me a free speech extremist. I'm an extremist when it comes to free speech. I think you should be able to do say anything you want unless it poses an imminent threat, you know, like a fire in a theater, that old classic. That's where I am on this. I don't know.
2: There's a cruelty. There's there's a cruelty and a decency that, that this man so uh, – the, the cruelty that he showed shows his lack of decency. And I, I, just, don't, I mean, Alan, I, Alan,
1: Alan, you're allowed to be not decent in America. OK? You are. You're allowed to be that way. You have to be allowed to be indecent so we can have decency. You got to have bad so we can have good. I I don't know. And, again, I know that uh, Adam Lanza killed these kids, a deranged person himself. And and I I know that. And I know our government didn't have anything to do with it. But there are people out there who have, uh, you know, look, there are people who think the government killed John F. Kennedy. Now, (laughs) all right, if you believe that, I guess if the government would kill a president, very hard to do, would they kill innocent students? I mean, if you're of that mind, maybe you could make that leap. I can't. I'm not of that mind. Sir, I mean, I know. It may be offensive. It may be all those things. But it's America, and you're allowed to be offensive. I, I do believe that. And I'd like to know. I think you have to go out of your way to hear an Alex Jones show. I mean, how do you hear Alex Jones? I'm only I'm only picking up. Did you hear him say any of this stuff? Seriously, Alan, no, did sir. you hear him? No,
2: sir. No, no, sir. I, I know. I so you see listen. what I mean? I would not listen to Alex Jones,
1: I would not listen to him Well, I know, Jones, but, but right. so why you've got to go out of your way to feel offended by him. And you haven't even heard him. I mean, you're calling me, and I appreciate that. And you heard what I said last week, and between last week and now, you still haven't heard what he actually said. And I don't know if he said that this was fake or if it, this was a government or if it altered it. I don't know. And I almost don't care. I mean, I feel like if you live in Texas and you want to have a podcast and you want to say crazy things into a microphone, that's your business. Anyway, Alan, I appreciate it. That's how I feel. I'll give you two seconds. What do you got?
2: No, what do I have? I, I just feel that that, that he should have—I'm uh, glad that he is being punished for his voice. Well, That's he should. I'm
1: Maybe afraid. he shouldn't have said yeah. those things. Punished? No, I don't, think, I don't think so. I don't think so. $50 million for saying the wrong thing? That's not America. I'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Fauci, Fauci. Dr. Fauci is still walking
1: around making trouble, but we got his number. Where was he? A Seattle Mariners game? What's he doing up there? Anyway, he (laughs) threw out the first pitch, and I hear even Seattle doesn't like him. Woke Seattle. Listen to this.
9: (laughs)
0: How does
1: he throw the pitch? Any better than he did in uh, Washington? I can't see what's going on at this point. I hear plenty of booze, smattering of claps. Gosh, You know, Dr. Fauci, he learned the lesson after being on the Greg Kelly show when he said very directly that we don't have to worry about the coronavirus at this time. He said that in January of 2020, and he regrets it ever to this day. Back then, he spoke in very clear-cut ways, and ever since then, because he paid such a big price – he was embarrassed. He has chosen to perhaps express his views in a way that somehow obscures whatever his original intent was, not to be confused with the unintended intent of his words. Makes sense? <laughs> no, it never does with uh, Fauci. He's a confusing guy on purpose. I thought he was quitting. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to leave when Joe Biden leaves office. That's what he said. Uh, which could be pretty soon. I think it's going to be sometime in 2023, ahead of schedule. I always wanted one of those jobs. I've never had them where you could announce, you know, you could announce four years. They do this a lot in academia. Um, I'll be retiring in 2025. Ooh, wow, 20. Well, that's uh, that's uh, how many years is that from now? That's that's three years from now. You can get hired and fired in three years. <laughs> like, 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 how do you know you're going to make it three years? I've always been in one of those jobs where it was like a two-week notice kind of a situation. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, that's how most people are, right? Three years, <laughs> I'm going to retire in three years. I'm going to leave. Yeah, university presidents are the worst at that. Uh, let us see anything else. Who's on the show tonight? I think I'm going to get Letitia James's uh, Republican opponent, a guy named Michael Henry. We're working on him. I also may we may have a, a, a cameo appearance from Ray Kelly. The longest-serving police commissioner in the history of police commissioners. Uh, all right, so we got two six. Seven. Very quickly, I'd like to go to Bob in Western New Jersey. Hi, Bob.
3: Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, I just wanted to make a little point. Uh, about twenty years ago, I read uh, something about Rod La- uh, Lagoyevich. I can't even La- say Lagoyevich. Yeah,
1: Rod Lagoyevich, the former governor of of, uh, of uh, Illinois. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Obama set him up. Obama told him to sell the Senate seat. And, you know, he was just doing what he was told. (laughs) And uh, he ended up paying the price.
1: Well, it was a total scam. I don't know about Obama setting him up. Uh, I don't know what he was talking about. Look, when the senator, when a U.S. senator leaves office, the governor, under most circumstances, appoints the successor, and he wanted a successor that would help him politically. Guess what? Politicians do that. You're allowed. And they tried to criminalize the whole thing. The guy was totally innocent. So I'm glad Blagojevich, uh, you know, got out. The other day I saw on Twitter, who the hell does this? He ran nine miles in Chicago heat. It was like 90-something degrees. The guy runs nine miles in it. You heard me. I'm up to 1.7 miles. What is Blagojevich? How old is he? He's... uh, he can't be he's gotta be sixty something, right? And that's yeah,
3: probably sixty five or something. Yeah, that's a pretty that's
1: a pretty interesting One more, what? One
3: more point yeah. before you guys cut me off. Uh, I was just wondering if you're gonna watch the uh the Freedom uh symposium on August twentieth and twenty first that Mike Lindell, Lindell T V Live is gonna be putting on. Uh,
1: I don't know anything about it to be honest. I like Mike Lindell, but um, I, I I didn't see the last one. I don't even know how to watch it. So um, I don't know. How do you watch that guy other than the commercials? How do you get it?
3: It's very difficult because <laughs> constantly, you know, they're constantly throwing a curveball. If you Google it, you got to put uh, you got to put uh, Frank's speech, and then you got to go from yeah. Frank's speech to Lindell TV. All right. All right. Live. I will,
1: I'll I'll try to check it out. I will say this: the guy said something nasty about Newsmax the other day, and he shouldn't have said that. All right. Uh, you know, we're on the same side here. I, don't, I can't I vouch for everything he's saying, but, you know, I've got grave questions about the election of 2020. I don't need him throwing shade at Newsmax. So uh, I don't know what his deal is. Uh, I like him. Uh, I hope he's not. Well, I just hope he's uh, clean and sober. He wrote all about that. You know, he went through a hell of a lot. Great guy. Kind of a wild man. But we like wild men. Thanks, Bob. Um, how do you watch that stuff? I, I, I remember the last one I kind of wanted to see. All right, with that, I think i got to go across the street. I will take one more to call. Oh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn, hi.
8: Hi, Greg. Um, really quickly, since yeah. you played that clip from uh, Marco Rubio, yeah. just to remind people in New York, what? the early voting begins this Saturday, the thirteenth, and it runs through the following Sunday, the twenty-first, the twenty-third.
1: When's the primary for what election?
8: Well, it depends on where you are and what districts. Uh, in you the see, city, this or is state. so
1: crazy. This is nuts. You know, all the primaries they had last night. They had a bunch of primaries: uh, Wisconsin, Connecticut. Congratulations to uh, Ms. Levy, by the way. All those primaries they used to be held in September. That's when they should be. I don't know what you're talking about. What election? The only election I know coming up in New York is the uh, is the uh, you know the governor's uh, election in November. What else?
8: Congress and senators at the state and also at the local level. So, it's Oh, very geez. Impor- I
1: can't have these damn summer primaries. It's not right. I'll check it out. We'll have more tomorrow, Jacqueline. Thank you.